0: you are locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: welcome to the locked on kentucky podcast we bring you info and insights on uk football and basketball stay informed by making us part of your daily routine whether you're still going to work and coming home you can listen to us on your morning or afternoon commute or if you are at home You know, take a break in the afternoon or listen to us in the morning, whatever. Just tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On Kentucky. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcast, and subscribe. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Built Bar. My favorite chocolate almond coconut. That's my favorite flavor of Built Bar. It's amazing. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON. For $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right. We did not have a podcast on Friday as we were expecting to. And then we didn't have one yesterday, Monday. We were also expecting to. Friday, I had a power outage. So my apologies there. Nothing I could do. Uh, We didn't have power for a while. So uh, the window that we had to record, a power outage. So we didn't have it. And then Monday, we were waiting for DeAndre Williams to make his announcement, the Evansville transfer who has um, cut it down to four schools and Kentucky's in the mix. And he said he had told uh, there was a report anyway from his mentor that I think Kentucky sports radio reported and talked to him that he was likely going to decide and make an announcement on Sunday or Monday, but that never came to fruition and uh, a source uh, told David Sisk of uh, rivals that he is having a very difficult time deciding where to go because every team on his list is is very deep and he's going to have to fight for playing time. He's really going to have to earn it. Uh, so it it could be a little longer before we hear anything about him. But uh, DeAndre Williams, I'm not so sure Kentucky really, really needs him. They needed Olivier Saar. Yeah. DeAndre Williams would just be some more depth
0: yeah I think it would be an you know an interesting um take I I I think at that point you'd have sort of an embarrassment of riches uh there's no question he's a productive player um you know there there's there's a lot to like there he's a 6'9 kid who's you know we'll get into why he's so old but he's like 24 years old so he's very much a veteran on what would be a pretty young team um he only played 18 games last year with a back injury, uh, but he was really good in those 18 games, 15.7 rebounds, almost three assists and a block per game. Shot 45% from three, which is in, sort of uh, you know intriguing. Um, he had the best field goal shooting game in the NCAA last year at a 17 of 18 shooting game, 94% against Miami of Ohio. That was a crazy game for him uh he had 37 points, 10 boards, 3 blocks, 3 assists. I had had some huge games. He had a, a nice yeah. game uh against Kentucky, not a great game but a solid game. 9 points, 4 boards, 3 assists, two steals in 25 minutes and that upset win over Kentucky. Um there there is, you know, some intrigue there, but I do I do wonder um and they would appeal obviously for immediate eligibility for him. I do wonder if that isn't uh, a little bit of a dangerous take in terms of you know chemistry and keeping everybody happy um, because as you said like Sar was a must you needed a center you ha- you didn't have anybody yeah. that was close to being able to be your starting center uh, you know and be a formidable presence in the paint um, to to rebound to score down there throw the you know the whole idea of can is there somebody you can throw the ball to to get you a bucket you know down yeah. low and, and now they have that.
1: Um, and a rim protector, got, someone to make up for defensive mistakes out on the perimeter. Yeah.
0: Although I'm not sure I'm not sure Sar is definitely that, but you know, he, he gives them some some shot blocking, certainly some size. Um Yeah. But you know, you're not at, you weren't as hard up for uh power forwards. I mean, you've got Keon Brooks and I think Keon Brooks deserves a shot. He deserves some minutes. Um Yeah. You know, I, I, I think he deserves to be basically penciled into that starting lineup. Um, and then you've got Lance Ware and you've got um, uh, Isaiah Jackson, two you know highly touted freshmen who you didn't want to put the whole load on them, but th- but those guys also deserve minutes. And if you bring in a guy like DeAndre Williams, um, do you end up in another Johnny Juzank situation where you've got a really solid player who doesn't really get who can't really get on the floor as a freshman, whether it be Jackson or Ware or both? Um, Mm -hmm. And then they transfer out after a year. And here you are all over again, you know, looking for bodies. Um, So I think, I don't think this comes without risk. uh, If you take another guy um, like Williams who could be eligible right away, I think he'd have a very strong case. He might have an even stronger case than uh, Olivier Saar because of all the just total implosion of that uh, Evansville program. He started out the season with uh, Walter McCarty. Then one of the assistant coaches takes over when McCarty gets suspended. And then when McCarty gets fired, they bring in a former assistant in the middle of the year to be the head coach. They have three head coaches in one season. They lose 19 consecutive games. Um, It was a mess. And so I think he'd have a strong case. So that could, you know, that could screw everything up. And then there's just, this is not a traditional type of guy for Kentucky to take Deandre Williams, is 24 years old because he was in the high school class of 2016. That's amazing. We are in the year 2020. Um, That's amazing to me. Yeah, and so in trying to sort of piece together his background, he uh, was at a high school, uh, Klein Forest High School in Houston, uh, and then his senior season, he left there. He started taking online courses and playing for a, uh, a homeschool team. Um, that ended up in some kind of Bleacher Report expose about these homeschool basketball teams. Um, Mm. Then nobody seems to really know what he was doing in the year after his senior year of high school. And then he pops up at uh, an upstart prep school, Nationwide Academy in Oklahoma City in 2017-18, and played great there. He averaged 24-11. and That's a weird team, too. Uh, in terms of establishing eligibility, it was a big mess because they played a bunch of junior college teams, uh, including, I believe, they played Billy Gillespie's team, uh, the Ranger College. Wow. Um, and then he goes to Evansville, and he's an academic non-qualifier. So he has to sit out a whole year, 2018-19. And then last year he plays, but he's got a back injury, so he only plays 18 games. So in since 2016... <laughs> He's yeah. played in 18 total Division One basketball games. He's been at at least, uh, if you count his high school, this homeschool team, it's not really a school, uh, the, the prep school, uh, and then Evansville. This would be his fifth school or fifth team at least um, since 2016. So that obviously comes with some sort of eyebrow raising, like what's going on here. Um, right. So, you know, I think, you know, you get him and everything, you know, passes muster and he's available to play. He's a good college player. Um, And you're going to add another veteran guy in the front court. I'm just not sure, one, you need him, and two, that you necessarily want him for chemistry reasons.
1: Well, he's choosing between Kentucky, Memphis, Arkansas, and Baylor. So it'll come down to those, and who knows when that'll be but uh, your point about Keon Brooks uh, is well taken. And I want to expand on that just a little bit more when we come back and also talk about the huge football commitment that Kentucky got on Sunday from Douglas high schools, DeKel Crowdis. We'll discuss that and much more when we return on locked on Kentucky. Hey, I want to tell you about this new protein bar that I recently discovered. It's called built bar. And the first time I tried it, I swear, I thought I was eating a candy bar. I couldn't believe how good it is. It's not chalky like so many other protein bars that I've had. Uh, I had the one that, I mean, I had several different ones since the first time I tried it. But the one I really like is the chocolate almond coconut because it tastes like, think about candy bars out there on the market because I can't say their name, that have are chocolate covered and filled with coconut and have almonds. That's what this tastes like, like for real. Uh, Built Bar is so much different than any other protein bar I've ever tried, but there are 16 different flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. Yes. Real chocolate. Now, eight of the flavors include nuts. That's, that's my jam. That's where I go. But if you have a nut allergy and I know some people who do, well, there's good news there. Built Bar has eight flavors that are nut free produced in nut free facilities. So you're good either way. Built Bar, super healthy as well. Low calorie, low sugar. Low carbs, high protein, high fiber. I'm telling you, you got to try it. You're going to love it. And we've got an offer for you right now to make it uh, more affordable to try it right now. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED ON to get $10 off your first order. That is promo code LOCKED ON for $10 off your first order at builtbar.com.
0: You are locked
1: on, Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Kentucky and we were talking about DeAndre Williams, the Evansville transfer who was reportedly set to make a decision either Sunday or Monday and has delayed that and is still not made a choice and uh, when he does it'll be either Memphis, Baylor, Arkansas, or Kentucky. So we discussed DeAndre Williams and one of the things uh, that, that came up was Keon Brooks and what he has earned there at the at the power forward spot. And I believe I was reading your exit interview with Nick Richards. Uh, didn't Nick say in there what we haven't seen from Keon Brooks—the stuff that Nick sees in pickup games—that Keon's ceiling is just amazing. Did, is, am, I, am I right yeah. about that? But, yeah. Okay. So
0: I've done two. I've done two of the exit interviews so far. Uh, one with Nick. One with Emmanuel. And I, and for all of these, I'm asking, you know some of the same questions, a few variations, you know, specific to each guy, but everybody I'm asking, you know, fill in this blank next season, Keon Brooks will blank. Uh, And Nick Richards said, shock the world. He said, you know, we see him in pickup games. We get to see his, his full game, you know, that he can handle it. He can shoot it. uh, He can pass it. um, Can kind of do everything. And he just said, I think Keon, you know, with that extra year of like understanding everything and what it takes, uh, is going to be one of the best players on the floor next year. Um, you know, and 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 everybody's lasting memory of Keon was, you know, he has to step up with, uh, you know, guys missing in that game at Florida. Um, you know, um, Ashton Haggins didn't make the trip. Emmanuel quickly fouled out early. Um, and so he's playing a huge role down the stretch. Um, in that game at Florida, they're down 18, and he's a huge part of the comeback. Ten points, three rebounds, two steals made both his three-point attempts, made four of his five field yeah. goal attempts. His only miss was that one where they went to him to score the winning bucket at the end of the game. John Calipari was feeling so comfortable with Keon Brooks in that moment that he, he was running the offense through him down the stretch, and, yeah. including the game-winning play, and it ended up just missing and um, uh, was so close to going in that they had to review it to make sure it wasn't basket interference, but uh, came off the rim and EJ Montgomery tipped it in. Uh, But you had that game, uh, you know, he had nine rebounds uh, in a win at Tennessee uh, in February. Um, You know, he had, you know, the Georgia Tech game where he he has, you know, 10 points and four rebounds. The game before that, Fairleigh Dickinson, he goes for 15 and five. Um, You know, had 11 and eight early in the season against Eastern Kentucky. I mean, he showed some signs that, you know, he could be, uh, a dude at Arkansas, that big win at Arkansas in just 16 mm-hmm. minutes, he had 10 points and seven rebounds. Um, yeah, I think Keon Brooks, um, I actually thought he was going to be a bigger factor last year than he was I think, like maybe the X factor. And, and, and he may have ended up being that, you know, the way he ended the regular season. If they'd had a postseason, Keon may have been a guy who sort of completely altered how we think about him going into the off season.
1: Um, he could have played his way into, you know, declaring for the draft. If yeah, the well, that would have going.
0: been – talk about what a nightmare that would have been for Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> they go on a little bit of a run and then they literally lose their entire team. But even – I you know, I didn't even mention Dante Allen in terms of guys who deserve a chance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, to an extent Cal Perry needs to give these guys that he recruited a chance um, because, you know, I think they answered their needs. Uh, on the transfer market, and uh, you know maybe you're worried about Olivier Sar getting actually uh, getting the waiver, and you feel like Williams has the better chance to get the waiver. I get that, um, you know, but I, I think it would be a shame if you know Keon and Lance Ware and, and Isaiah Jackson sort of get pushed out of minutes uh, by another kind of mercenary uh, that you bring in last minute when, you know, all those guys were brought in under a different premise, you know, not not thinking that you're going to just keep piling on more players. And at some point it is overkill. You know, they've, they've got nine new guys coming in. They've got, they're going to have 11 guys on scholarship. That's a, you know, that's about where Kentucky is every year. They never use them all. Uh, they always have, you know, last year they had nine guys available. Um, this year they'll, they should have 11. I think that's enough. Um, look, if they get, if they get DeAndre Williams Uh, I'm sure Cal will figure out how to make it work and massage those minutes. And and it makes them better. I think, you know, in the, in the micro sense of like, look, you got two guys in the front court that, you know, are are productive division one players, but I think it may hurt them in the long run with some of these other guys who go, wait, where are my minutes?
1: Yeah. Well, he's got, I mean, he's going to have six freshmen and then he's got Dante Allen who is you know, hasn't played in college yet. Um, you know, Mintz has got some some experience there, and then Brooks. So uh, and then Toppin will we'll see if he winds up playing or not, but Sar has experience, obviously. So when you recruit that many players and and then you bring in someone uh like a DeAndre Williams when you already got that, well you just don't have enough minutes. You're just not going to have enough minutes. And how many times have we heard him say, Oh, I'll play seven if I have to? You know, he he wants right. to play fewer he's got that philosophy of that he doesn't he said he would never platoon again he didn't think he would do that again um so one or two of these freshmen or two or three of these freshmen are not going to get the minutes they were expecting to get probably uh i i don't think it's such a bad idea to just say all right we're good like we're good with the roster we have because another person another player we're reading about is McCour maker the brother of fawn maker uh, McCourt's 6'11, 235. He's number 17 overall in the 2020 class. Now, he has ar- already declared for the NBA draft, but he's still deciding. He's leaving that open. He wants to see what that looks like and waits till the deadline. And John Rothstein of CBS Sports tweeted UK and UCLA are the favorites if he decides to go the college basketball route. And he said he does not want to go to the G League. He's not considering the G League. What. What kind of a realistic option is McCure maker for Kentucky?
0: I don't think he is a realistic option at all. (laughs) I don't for college. I mean, I just don't think he's going to college. Uh, I don't think he's been on that track. I don't think that's Mm -hmm. been his plan ever. Um, and it doesn't really matter to me what they're saying. Um, you know, I've been asking and listening about that situation for a long time and going back to Thonmaker. Um, yeah. They want to be pros. They want to go play professionally. Um, they're not, they're not really been on the college track. And I I just would, it would be shocking to me if he ends up playing college basketball. So I just think to me, that all sounds uh, like leverage. That sounds like, uh, you know, whoever he's negotiating with for whether it be overseas or trying to get a promise for an NBA team or whatever, whatever they're, they're working right now. Um, to say, you know, well, if you if you're not going to pay me what I'm asking, I'm going to go play college basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go play for yeah. Kentucky or you know one of the what was the other one I forgot you said UCLA. I, I, yeah, I'm going to go play for one of the blue bloods. Uh, that that feels a hundred percent like uh, negotiation leverage to me, and not uh, not any sort of realistic. Uh, I'm going to college cause I, I, can he even go to college? Uh, I don't know. I mean, is he really realistically in position, uh, to qualify and go to college
1: right now? Well, um, he doesn't have to take an SAT or an ACT. To yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, maybe of the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe this, maybe the, the,
1: um,
0: the leniency that they're showing because of everything that's going on in terms of their requirements. Maybe that opens it up and makes it a realistic possibility for him, but I would still tell you that I will be, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be an idiot and I look like an idiot for saying it, but I would be surprised if he plays college basketball.
1: Yeah. Aaron Torres will have something to tweet at you about. <laughs> he, he can have at it. The king, of, the king of takes can come at me if he wants. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we'll take another break and when we we'll return, football because UK has a big had a big recruit commit on Sunday and then a big beef on Twitter on Monday night. We'll talk about it next on Locked On Kentucky.
0: This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day.
1: All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky and huge, huge commitment for Kentucky on Sunday because. Kentucky under Mark Stoops has not had much luck with the state's best skilled players staying home. Uh, like Tay-Tay Crooms from uh, last year's class. He's a freshman out of Louisville. Uh, pretty good receiver. But but I'm not talking about, and, and Tay-Tay may turn out to be one of the best. I have no idea how he'll turn out. But as far as how he was viewed in high school, like the level of, um, programs that were pursuing him. None like let's say Damian Harris, uh, Wandale Robinson, Rondale Moore, Rondale Moore is probably going to, uh, be a first round draft pick after next season. Uh, he was the big 10 freshman of the year. Kentucky never had a chance with him. Uh, Wandale Robinson and Rondale Moore technically lived in Indiana, but he played at Trinity. Wandale Robinson. We know about his story. He committed to Kentucky before changing and going to Nebraska. And he had a wonderful freshman season there. Damian Harris, so close, so close to coming to Kentucky, but he chose Alabama. Now, DeKel Crowdis out of Douglas High School, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Texas, Baylor, Michigan, all the big dogs interested in him, a four-star receiver, the number two ranked player in the state, and a receiver again, and he says, I'm going to UK. Now, part of this, I think, comes a little bit from the fact that after his sophomore season uh, and just days, a few days before the beginning of his junior season at Douglas High School in Lexington, he told his teammates, I'm going to IMG Academy. And he did. He went down to IMG Academy in Florida and played there, but got homesick and came back And he is now back in living in Lexington and he plans to play his senior season back at Douglas high school. So uh, having gone away, you know, to IMG Academy for a year and finding out that he likes to be close to home, I think probably had something to do with this, but what's even bigger about his commitment uh, besides the fact that I mentioned all, all, you know, how hard it's been for Stoops to keep, a skill player, one of the best skill players in the state, the best skill player in the state, you know, at Kentucky, uh, is that his teammates, like I said, DeKel Krautis is the number two ranked recruit in the state. The number one ranked recruit in the state is Jagger Burton. Uh, he is a top 10 guard nationally with offers from Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oregon, others. And so DeKel Krautis, not long after his commitment to Kentucky, uh, tweeted out that he, He's bringing some more dogs with him to Kentucky and Jagger Burton said something about be patient with me, uh, decision coming soon. He sent another cryptic message that uh, made it seem like Kentucky was his choice. So that would be huge to get him and then beyond that in the class after that. And I mentioned these guys, uh, last week, our podcast, Dante key played at Kentucky, um, and he is now a coach at Douglas. And his son, Dane Key, is in the class of 2022. Cisco Bryant also played at Kentucky. And his son is also in the class of 2022 at Douglas, Ty Bryant. Both these guys are legacy recruits with offers from Kentucky. I mean, Dakel Crowdis' commitment could wind up uh, netting Kentucky four players from Douglas High School, including the top two in the state in this year's class and two of the best in the country. I mean, they're both top 200 type players. So it just can't be overstated how big of a commitment De'Kel Crowdis is for Kentucky, a team that won all of its games last season or pretty much all of its games last season by playing a wide receiver at quarterback and running the ball nonstop.
0: Yeah, it's uh <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot. Um I uh I, one thing at first I would say we were just what just last week talking about how it was, how important it was for, um, Kentucky to sort of not only get a foot in, but start to lock down Frederick Douglass high school because of all these, yeah. uh, elite, uh, guys are starting to produce. I mean, when Clemson comes knocking, not once, but what twice, they already got one, right? They got one last yeah, year. They
1: got Walker parks. Um, yeah. Who was a lineman.
0: And now they're, they're big on Burton as well. Um, yeah, that tells you that there are some heavy hitters coming out of that school. And so I think to get him, and then, you know, I heard him on uh, Kentucky sports radio today talking about, you know, I'm going to be big time recruiter. I'm going to go get these guys. Um, and didn't, I believe Burton, didn't Burton tweet at some point in the last few days, like package deal.
1: Yes. That was the, um, that was the tweet that I, the package deal tweet was uh, from earlier. Okay. Like it was, it was resurfacing. Because okay, he had tweeted okay. it maybe a month or two months ago. Uh, okay. But then, 33 minutes ago, I just saw this. Dekel Crowder has tweeted, package deal, BBN, show my brother we need him, at Jagger Burton. Yeah, with a video yeah. of them posing on their visit in UK uniforms.
0: Yeah, and you know the other thing is, where is the position that, that Burton plays? He's on the offensive line, where Kentucky has this... Great reputation now. I mean, they've for now two or three years in a row been considered one of the best offensive lines in the country to the point that like some people outside of Kentucky, you know, thought, you know, actively came out and thought they were, they were snubbed in that, uh, uh, Joe Moore award for the best offensive line in college football last year. Um, you know, big blue wall. They've kind of got a nickname going now. They're starting to get guys drafted. Um, one of the things that has been interesting over the years, like Kentucky has not had a great uh, history of producing NFL offensive linemen. And now they're kind of getting it going a little bit, you know, in this Mm -hmm. next draft, they're going to have more drafts. I think they're going to end up with three consecutive drafts where they've had offensive linemen taken. So you can, you know, that's a pretty easy sell. Stay home, play at Kentucky where things are going overall. Great. Uh, Play with your, your teammate. Uh, and also, uh, you know, go play for an offensive line coach in, in a system that has started to get the NFL's attention. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Pro Football Focus just put out um, the the highest graded returning offensive tackles in college football. Uh, know, in the SEC. college football in the SEC in the SEC in the, yeah. in the top two were Kentucky's left and right tackles. Yeah. Uh, you know I mean they 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 are really starting to get some notice for their offensive line play, so that helps as well i mean i, I would I would think if you if you get crowdus um, and Burton in this class out of that high school, um, that is a one that's huge for just the talent you're bringing in, but two, I think for starting that precedent and opening that pipeline um, is a big big deal
1: yeah and on March fourth, Dekel Crowdis tweeted, dropping my top ten tomorrow at five and Jagger Burton retweeted that with the comment package deal in like a hearts emoji. And so that was March 4th and yeah. So it's clear that the crowd is trying to get Jagger Burton uh, to stay here. Now, like I mentioned, Walker parks, former teammate um, is at Clemson and Clemson has also offered Jagger Burton. I mean, after they had offered Walker parks, I think Burton went down there for a camp parks was there and they just said, Oh, well, this is your teammate. Yeah. 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 Come on down. We'll take you. And it's too. tough.
0: It's tough to turn that down too. I mean, Clemson is at the, right. the pinnacle of college football right now. Uh, right. But you know, a lot of kids are willing to turn something like that down, but for, to, to be home, you know, to stay home. So that's going to well, be I up,
1: very interesting to watch. So I brought up, you know, the fact that Dekel crowd is how big it is because he's the third receiver I mean, in this class, for 2021, Kentucky has eight commitments. Three of them are wide receivers, which is crazy uh, to think about based on what, what kind of season Kentucky was just coming off of, leading the SEC in rushing, breaking rushing records, having a uh, wide receiver at quarterback. Uh, so yeah. that was part of the reason behind, it seems, why Jordan Watkins, the receiver out of Louisville, switched his commitment to louisville he was committed to kentucky uh for several months and then flipped to louisville so on monday night he says tweeting out i wonder what it's like to go to college to play wide receiver and block the whole time (laughs) laughing emojis couldn't be me lol which um (laughs) started a war (laughs) yeah he started a war but i mean there's a lot of truth to that too he's he's basically saying hey i wonder what it's like for those Fools like Dekel is going to a, a running back school, running school, and you're just gonna block the whole time. Ha ha ha. You know, jokes on you. That started a fire. Well eh, but Wandale Robinson jumps in. I mean, Wandale, what what are you what are you doing in here? You know, right. you've already like burned Kentucky. They you already you were committed to them as well and flipped, but Fair point. He says, LOL, if you know, you know. Almost like he's saying, yep, that's why I flipped. I wasn't going to go to Kentucky and not catch the ball because they don't throw it. That's why I went to Nebraska. That offense is built more for me. So again, it's not like they're speaking falsehoods. They're just saying, that's why I didn't go as a receiver to Kentucky because of you just saw it you just saw the season what if I'd have been there last season what would have that been for me as a receiver well that's what I'm saying but it's also funny yeah, from
0: Wendell f- Robinson who went to Nebraska and ran the ball 88 times oh, right. compared yeah, to 40 ball compared to bit. 40 uh receptions uh, but you know I mean Nebraska used uh, essentially used uh, Wandale in a in a uh, modified version of uh, how they used uh, Lynn, Lynn Bowden, Bowden. but yeah. uh, like come on you can also use uh, some logic here um, yeah Kentucky threw the, was going to throw the ball a ton before they were both their yeah. top two quarterbacks got hurt what did they yeah. throw the ball 40 times in the Florida game yeah um,
1: yeah, Hang it on. was up there. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But...
0: but, I mean, they, they were ch- they were chucking the ball around quite a bit more. And, and this is not – while Eddie Grant is very comfortable and certainly Mark Stoops running the football, Eddie Grant ran a wide open pass-heavy offense yeah. at Cincinnati. Um, and they also are more set up at quarterback than they've ever been in the Mark Stoops era. Uh, they've got Terry Wilson back this year uh, as well as Sawyer Smith um and then they brought in you know a four star um heavy throwing uh bo allen um you know who what did he throw for 3500 yards or whatever it was last year oh, high yeah, football here in Lexington
1: yeah he um, averaged and, like and 50 attempts a game almost and he
0: can like. legitimately sling it i mean he there are some there are some throws that he makes on his highlight reel that are uh high level uh, and, and then they Sawyer in,
1: smith can throw it too when he's healthy Yes. And and then they brought
0: in, uh, then they brought in, um, Joey, uh, Joey Gatewood, you know, a top 50 overall recruit. Who's got a huge arm. Uh, you know, he's probably known a little bit as a runner, um, with that, you know, six six two fifty the Cam Newton body. Um, but he's got a big arm. Uh, and so, you know, they're, they're set up, uh, to have, quarterback play. And, and again, it's it just look at what they did when they were the team they expected to be last season. They did what they had to do with the talent they had. And, you know, I think the, the fair point too, is that they beat the living hell out of Louisville uh, both yeah, the last 45 to 13. <laughs> Um yeah. you know, and last year when they, when everybody knew they were only going to run it. Um, I'm trying to see Sawyer Smith uh, in the Florida game, Florida game, threw the ball 35 times and then yeah. in the Mississippi State game threw it 41 times and then yeah. in the South Carolina game threw it 32 times. Uh in those last two so games, they were he trying, was, he was hurt. Yeah. Um you know that's an average of, you know, 35 to 36 passing attempts per game. Yeah. Um you know so yeah, I really don't get um I just really don't get like the, the idea that, like, oh, they're, they're never going to throw the ball. Um,
1: well, in, in Wandale's case, I, I'm i pretty sure it was him that told me this. Um, my memory's not as good as it was. So apologies and not trying to spread a rumor if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Wandale that told me that when he was being recruited, they told him, look, Steven Johnson is not the, the type quarterback we're planning on having wait till we wait till we have terry wilson in there wait you know wait till we have um the the type of quarterback where we want as far as passing the ball and they didn't mean it as a a slight towards steven johnson it was just that again they were put in a situation where they had to to do what they had to do to get somebody and it was steven johnson and he was not as much of a throwing quarterback uh as as they were looking at that they would, their ideal situation. And then it happened again. Now, this time, if it happens, if Terry Wilson were to, God forbid, get hurt again in game two and be done for the season, they would have to, they would be able to go to Sawyer Smith, who is healthy now, right. a healthy Sawyer Smith. And then if Th- Sawyer Smith got hurt, God forbid, again, which is what happened last season. Right. They are much more comfortable going to Bo Allen than they were going to Amani Gilmore. Then they weren't able to go to Nick Scalzo, but I can remember right. Stoop saying uh, Scalzo was doing some good things before he got hurt in, in training camp. They may uh, feel better about going to Scalzo in that situation. The, the point is, is that Kentucky won't – it's highly unlikely <laughs> that Kentucky will be put in the situation again. And it's happened I don't think with they'll, I don't think Johnson. They'll ever,
0: I don't think they'll ever have a season where they run it as often as they ran it last year. No. Ever again. I mean, unless they hire a coach who runs a triple option. It was a very unique circumstance.
1: But they haven't run their ideal offense in a few years now because of Steven Johnson. And they couldn't bench Steven Johnson because because of his heart just his his winner you know mentality they were
0: i think they were pretty close to running it before that first year with steven johnson when he was like mr home run ball you know and it was like Mm run 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 with benny and boom uh and then play action and throw the bomb uh you know and you're hitting jeff Badette for these 40 and 50 yard completions like that was a lot. But closer. They didn't have that
1: mid-range pass, right? The if,
0: if the only thing missing was they, the, the bizarre thing where they couldn't hit CJ Conrad, you know, for a fifteen-yard yeah. pass over the middle. But they were a lot closer then. I think that gives us what they were trying to do. Yeah, uh, there gives us a little more of a sense. I mean, even like Terry Wilson, uh, he threw he threw he was nineteen of twenty-six for two hundred and fifty yards, uh, two touchdowns, no picks in the second game of last season before he got hurt. Um, yeah. you know, I, like they were going to throw the ball, you know, if he doesn't get hurt in that game, he probably throws it 30 plus times. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's, it's an easy joke to make or whatever, an easy criticism. Right. I'm, I'm certain that, that schools have recruited against Kentucky with that. Right. Cause but it's I, been I think four too, years
1: that they haven't, haven't done yeah. exactly what they wanted to do at quarterback. But
0: there's, there's reasons in all of that. And now yeah. they've finally established themselves where they've got three legitimate, you know, four legitimate quarterbacks in the system now. Um, and, you know, if anything, last year to me t- tells me that, that that's an offensive staff that's creative. They knew they had a game breaker, Smart. who, by the way, was yeah. a wide receiver. Uh, Lynn Bowden, their best player, was a wide receiver. Uh, yeah. and they said, okay, this is our most dynamic playmaker. Let's put the ball in his hands. Um, and so I, I, think that's a, that's a plus for that offensive coaching staff as you sell to recruits and say, imagine when we actually have a full complement. you know, when, we, when everything's at our disposal, uh, Right? how much more difficult do you become to defend? I mean, it was, I mean, it's crazy that they were as successful as they were last year when they were so predictable. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, yeah. it, it, I don't, I don't, I think it's just silly rivalrying. Uh but it's, it is fun. It has been funny to watch fun. all the, all the, you know, the players go back and forth
1: uh, with right. each other. Yeah. So Len Bowden jumped in on Jordan Watkins and he said, when Watkins said, I wonder what it's like to go to college to play wide receiver and block the whole time. Bowden said, you're going to see how it is to lose too. AJ <laughs> yeah. <A>. Rose <laughs> said the governor cup and Lex bro. Come get it if you want, uh, if you want it. Um, I like this rivalry. I think the
0: rivalry is going to be going to stay pretty heated uh, for the foreseeable future.
1: And then Nick Roush of KSR, uh, he had tweeted, I guess, back at one of these uh, camps, you know, UK camps for recruits. He tweets a picture of Jordan Watkins uh, going up against Andrew Phillips, you know, a DB who wound up coming to Kentucky. And Watkins comes back for the ball, and Bo Allen makes a great pass to him, and he drops it. And so Roush has the video of it, <laughs> and so he puts it out there, and DeAndre Square retweets it and, and laughs, and Allen Daly Jr. replies, Twitter fingers, with laughing emojis. <laughs> oh, and uh, what, is, what is the dude's name? Uh, he calls himself Bossman Fat, the Kel- Kelvin oh, Joseph. But-
0: Kelvin's LSU, LSU. DB transfer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'm going to handle that big bro. Say no more. 100 as far as, uh, losing to Kentucky. So it's, and it's kept going today. I've seen some today that have just kept it rolling. So I think Des Fitzpatrick jumped in there and said something like, uh, you know, all right, calm down. Don't get it started or something. And Deandre square said, Hey, what, what do you want us to do? You know, control your boy, you know. Uh, but anyway, it's it has been fun. It's been fun to get that going. Um, yeah. We'll have another podcast. Uh, again, we're planning, you know, as far as there's no power outages, all that stuff. We'll plan to do uh, two more this week and uh, more stuff to talk about. Hopefully, we'll have a decision from DeAndre Williams and be able to discuss that a little more. Um, the net, The net ranking. You know, the net, uh, the evaluation tool, you know, how we went over the net so much throughout last season and made fun of it. Well, it has taken three of its metrics out. They have adjusted it uh, for use for next season, and they believe they've got it fixed. So that's something we can talk about on the next episode of Locked on Kentucky. Uh, thanks for listening. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. And if you want us to talk about anything or got a question, I'm at D R I E F F E R. Kyle is at.
0: Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H.
1: All right. Thanks again, guys. Now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On SEC.
0: You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea.